The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Wednesday, December 20th, 2017, season 13, episode number 94. Welcome to another edition of The Break, live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Today we got a lot to talk about. We got some Pro Bowl selections. Cowboys get a few guys into the Pro Bowl. Uh, Nick had a one-on-one yesterday with Mr. Ezekiel Elliott, so we'll talk to Nick a little bit about what he learned, what uh, Zeke had to say in his first I guess his first interview since he's been back in the building. Um, And then we'll also get into the Seattle Seahawks. Dave will give us a rousing report on uh, the Seahawks offense. Um, And Amber will tell us what she is concerned about with regards to that team. How's everybody doing this morning? Doing great. Good. Wonderful. Awesome. Bien. Awesome. All right. Let's jump right in. Let's jump into this Pro Bowl. Uh, Cowboys get four Pro Bowlers. uh, We find out Cowboys get four guys into the Pro Bowl including Tyron Smith, Zach Martin, Travis Frederick, and DeMarcus Lawrence. DeMarcus Lawrence and uh, Zach Martin and Tyron Smith are all starters uh, in the Pro Bowls. I guess the the first question I would have for you guys is, do you think there was anybody that was left out that should have been included? Yes. And I know there's one that Dave has yes. really been trumpeting for a while. Talk to me about it. Chris Jones should be a Pro Bowler. That, I mean, I know it's a position – it's a forgettable position in football, and it's a position where only one guy gets to go, but it's ridiculous. And, I, I mean, Johnny Hecker's a good punter, but Chris Jones has had the year of his life. Uh, he's punted 56 times. He's given up 55 return yards this year. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That is really I – mean, wow, that's really good. Only 14 of his punts have even been returned. Uh, so yeah, I mean, and he's not shanking these, by the way. I mean, he's, no, it's just really, really good. And that's that like people look at average yards and net yards and like, that's a good metric. And Chris Jones definitely doesn't have the biggest leg in the NFL, but he's a weapon in every sense of the word. Like he can put the ball wherever he wants. And if he doesn't want you to return it, you're probably not going to. I thought like I, I, I would, I think the longest return he's given up this year is like eight yards. Uh, it's, it's unbelievable. I mean, Credit is due to the Cowboys coverage team as well. But I mean, a lot of that is just where he's putting this punt, these punts and where on the field, you know, the type of hang time, all that type of stuff. You just it's it's been a remarkable year for him. Twenty nine of his 56 punts have been inside downed inside the 20. Mm -hmm. So more than half. And like I said, I mean, so on the 14 that even have been returned, they've been returned for an average of less than four yards. So anyway, I mean. And he's the punter at the end of the day, but I just think if anybody on this team was snubbed, it was probably him. And you talk about him being a weapon. He's even a weapon when it comes to, as we saw this last week, him using uh, his his athletic ability um, for this team. We've seen him do a couple things that have been really athletic. I heard last night that uh, there was some uh, some new ge- new uh, sec- new generation stats uh, that were out uh, from this last game. It said that in that game, Cowboys versus Raiders. The fastest, the fastest that anyone ran at any given moment on the field during that game was Chris Jones in that in that fake punt, and he was running uh, in excess of twenty miles per hour. Which twenty miles per hour? I don't know how many you guys kind of understand like no miles per hour for running. That is really really fast, especially when you factor in it, it was a punter that was doing it. Yeah, I think that 
talk, speaks to, and that's not the reason he makes the Pro Bowl. But when you talk about him as a weapon, yeah. it shows that he's multifaceted. That he's he's actually can be a weapon for this team in a lot of different ways. Garrett loves to say it, and it's I mean it's a cliche at this point, but he loves to talk about how you know Dan Bailey and Chris Jones are. I mean they're just as athletic as anybody else on this team. They excel in the offseason program every year. You see it. It's true. Um, which is ironic. Cause, I mean, I Chris, I think Chris Jones probably didn't get in because of reputation. Like Johnny Hecker, well, especially like I said, there's one spot. Once you make it, it just it kind of snowballs, and you just automatically you have an it. inside track to getting in again. But that works in the Cowboys' favor too. And I'm not trying to detract from their accomplishments on the field, but that snowball is in effect for Tyron Smith, Travis Frederick, and Zach Martin. I mean, they're going to have the inside track to get into the Pro Bowl for the rest of their careers probably. And they should. I mean, they're great players, but it just goes to show, you know, I would say this has not been a year that's up to Tyron Smith's very lofty caliber in terms of injuries, in terms of penalties. Not that he hasn't been good, but we're used to seeing him be so good. But he still gets into the Pro Bowl because once you make it, it gets a little bit easier. So. Any, because uh, of you, I've kind of gained a different kind of appreciation for Chris Jones. I'm, I know he's good, but I've never really paid that much attention or really valued his kind of work just because, again, because of the position. And you tend to pay more attention to different positions. Sure, yeah. And it, well, I, I, I didn't – I took him for granted for a long time. And then a couple years ago, somebody pointed out to me, you know, what I was missing, and I was like – yeah, okay, you're right. Like He doesn't have the biggest leg in the NFL by a long shot, but when you really stop and look at what he does, it's amazing. Yep. Nick, anybody that stood out to you as a person that you thought maybe should have been on the Pro Bowl list? Well, there's there's not many players on the Pro Bowl that are better than Sean Lee, but he's not going to make it, and mainly because he's not going to make it really on any year because it's just not – it's it's really a flawed system for linebackers. Um, they play a 4-3 in the game – but they don't really honor the people that play a 4-3 in, in reality. And that sucks for Sean. Sean's an outside linebacker. He'll never make it as an outside linebacker because there's so many 3-4 teams that have sacks, guys with sacks, so the outside linebackers make it like that. The inside linebackers you know, are the ones that are racking up the tackles, and so either he's either put as an outside linebacker, not going to make it, or he's put out of position as an inside linebacker, and he, that's technically not what he is. Yeah. So he's not ever really going to make it anyways. I mean, you got Keekley and uh, the guy from Wagner from Seattle. So he's just not – I mean, it's, it's too bad. And, and he missed some games anyways, but but uh, he, he's deserving to go, I think, because you saw his value. I oh, think no, you saw his value. He absolutely, he's, a, he's absolutely deserving, and I bet – I wouldn't be surprised if he makes it. He might make it. If, I mean, when the alternates start coming out, and they will for one reason or another. Bobby Wagner's fighting a hamstring right now. I doubt he wants to play in the Pro Bowl. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he's the first guy named as an alternate for the Cowboys. But to that point, I mean, he – voting was at its peak right in the middle of his absence right there right. in November, so that probably had a lot to do with it. All right. One other question I want to ask you guys about that. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence, he is uh, there's no doubt that he deserved being in the Pro Bowl this year as a starter. He is among the league leaders when it comes to sacks. Um, This is a contract year for him, and we have not seen a season like this for him to this point. As a big picture question, do you guys believe 
are you buying into the fact that he is really that good and are you willing to back it up with the kind of contract that says he's that good or do you think that this could be one of those situations where it's an aberration it's a one-year thing it's a contract year um, and maybe that's more of what what you're seeing well he's so much healthier this year than he's been so I, I think you can say the light bulb kind of came on for him this year um I had talked to him yesterday and asked him about that. Um, it's my favorite one-on-one of the day for sure. He said that he's not shot. Yeah, just, <laughs> it was it was good. It was just it wasn't as challenging to get. That's- yeah, it was pretty easy. <laughs> he said, um, obviously that stuff is going to happen when it happens, and I'm not you know not, not worried about it right now. But yeah, it certainly doesn't hurt to have to be a pro bowler when you're trying to fight for a big contract. Yeah. So. That's 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 what? that's an interesting question because two back injuries, suspension, and then one whale of a year. And I think I'm, I'll steal the line from you. I mean, Jerry's been looking for a war daddy. Well, this is the highest sack total that a cowboy has had since Demarcus Ware. So, I'm willing to sign him to a long term deal if I can get a little bit of a hometown discount. I'm serious. Like he cares a say, lot about money, so I they uh, he he'll should. fight for his money. Yep, sure. and and, and they all should. Yeah, yeah I, I I'm always on the player side on that. That's my caveat. I mean, if the Cowboys were to say, Demarcus, we love you, we drafted you, we developed you, we worked with you through all these injuries and and the suspension, and we want to pay you, but we're not going to pay you what you could get on the open market. You got to meet us a little bit, you know, whatever. If he were willing to do that, let's go. And they have some leverage to maybe get him to do that because maybe. the thing is right now they could franchise him. And so right. it depends on how much a long-term deal means to him. You could, if you wanted to play it this way, the Cowboys could say, look, we know that in the market maybe you can get this. We feel like this other number is fair. And basically the option is going to be either we can do this deal around here or we can franchise you and then we'll pay you this for this one year. I think he needs to be franchised. He hasn't. Regardless. Yeah, I think that the, the franchise is the smart move for the Cowboys. I don't. I think it's better than a long-term deal. He hasn't really proven that he can do it consistently like that. Oh, he, so, sorry. Finish and it. so you know, and, and he's this year. He's kind of, you know, he he's. I wouldn't say he's trailing off. It, the sack numbers are down. Or they haven't been there the last few weeks. Well, we know why that is. He's still yeah. Well, he's still putting a lot of pressure on there. He's yeah. Still, he's still doing his job. Um, so I, but I think that it would make sense to instead of saying, "All right, you're proven, you're done," you know, because then you get in the same situation you got with with maybe Tyrone Crawford, where you're paying this guy a lot. But Tyrone Crawford never had the production that the that he's no. at this year. And can I? I'll, I'll ask that question. Has there been a guy that you can remember that had this level of production that that the Cowboys paid and then it ended up backfiring on them? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it happened in like one year. <laughs> I mean, they they signed three guys, I think, in the same offseason. They all did that. Terrence Newman was one of them. Mar- yeah, but he didn't have this kind of production, though, I guess, is is the point. I mean, Terrence was a good—don't get me wrong. Terrence had been a good cornerback from the time he got in the league, maybe till today. He's never been great. Well, he's yeah. Never, he's never okay. even had a great the answer, season. Are you gonna- the answer it has a drop, so if Kent's ready for it, the answer is Miles Austin. That, that's the guy. He's had a lot of production. Yeah. Uh- they signed him, and there you go. Sorry, but bro. he still had a, he still gave him good production for a couple more years, right? Was Doug Freeze another name? Y'all gonna make me say this? There's a guy on the team right now, Des Ooh. Bryant. Des Bryant, since he signed that deal, is not has not up, been. He's not putting up the numbers that they did change the offense on him though. Like okay, when they right. signed him to that deal, what they were asking him is very different than what they ask of him now. 
A hundred percent. But the fact remains that he was averaging 90 catches, more than a thousand yards and more than 12 touchdowns a year after when he signed that deal and hasn't Uh, sniffed that. You know, and I don't know about changing the offense. Yeah, I don't agree with that at all. Uh -uh. I mean, they were were not a running team when they signed him to that deal. Uh, They are now a running team. eh. Hold on. He had the the best rushing season in Cowboys history. They had the same blueprint in 2014. They had a, they had a, Argue, and I'm not trying to throw shade on Dak. They had a more veteran quarterback who was yeah. more capable of doing that type of stuff, but he had 16 touchdowns. He's seen touchdowns in a year with Marco yards. 1,800. Yeah, but they were they were still throwing the ball quite a bit back then, as if we saw with his numbers, right? What? What? What am I missing? They no. They you're confusing like 2010 to 2012. I, I don't think they changed the offense. I think they changed the quarterback and the quarterback yeah, skill sets different. different. Uh, I mean the quarter. Yes, there's no doubt about it that Tony Romo is better for for Dez. Yes, than than, yeah. than Dak. And okay. that's not about that's not about Tony and Dak. That's more about Dez. I mean it's it's about you've seen Romo breakdown plays. That means those guys can help their wide receivers a little bit. They they help them. They know where. I mean, Tony, Dez even now is being told where to go, what to do, and all that. And I think Tony helped him and made him a better player. And it's not just him. He's made a lot of players better. Laron Robinson came in for Laurent. He came in for like an hour at one season. Had eleven touchdowns. I mean, and got a nice contract off. Sure of did. It's it's not an indictment on Dak to say that Romo is better for a wide receiver like that at that point in his career. Yeah. Dak Dak can be that guy at some point, but he's not there right now. God, Tony's second year, <laughs> never thrown a pass. He's, yeah, his right. hat was still sitting backwards. <laughs> but the point being is. Yes, yes, guys can sign big deals and then not measure up to them afterwards. And, and which, so from that standpoint... Which, well, that goes back. If Demarcus Lawrence is for some reason willing to take a team-friendly deal, whether it's out of loyalty or whatever, awesome. I don't expect that to happen because that's not usually the way it works. And so I think the franchise tag is the best route. You guys worry at all about a guy like Demarcus saying, okay, well, I'm just going to sit out for a while, and, and that just kind of... I, I never think good things come out of the guy now. Aaron Donald obviously is a, a different example yeah. of that. He, he, well, you can go back, you can <laughs> but he's go, also a different player. Sit out, win training camp, whole training. Let's say, Smith let's say throw him let's around. Say, let's say he misses all of training camp. Let's say he misses all of training camp in the first couple weeks of the season. There have been guys that have done that. Does that concern you at all? Hold on, hold on. he's not missing the first two games of the season. He's not going to miss. There have been guys that have missed games. Just this last year, there were guys that missed games. He's not doing it. He, he's not. He's not going to. That's all he has. He those guys that do that. I want to. Was Aaron Donald on the franchise tag? Uh, I, I I have a hard time thinking anybody. I don't on think a he's franchise for, tag yeah. would sit out games because a lot of people's money. The base salary is not that big a deal. It's the guarantees. It's the signing bonus. Was Le'Veon Bell on a franchise tag? I don't know. All I know, did, I did he miss a game? I think. Did he I don't think he did. He no, came no, back no. right before the season. He came back in camp. Your, your whole money is going to be divided by seventeen weeks. You're not going to miss one of those. That's all he's got is that. So, um, and even Dez threatened to do that, and they got the deal done before. Dez had a massive resume to fall back on, and like I can't imagine Demarcus. I don't think so. I think Demarcus. You I think, think he, he might he might be a little bit upset, but you don't. Think what's he the tag? Misses time. Seven, somewhere in the neighborhood of seventeen million. So you okay? Oh, wow, I'm pretty good at math. Game? I'm pretty good at math there. So for that part, I can I can do that. <laughs> He's gonna just pass up on two million dollars, and that's no. I uh, a million a week. There's a get your ass in here. He there's there's a caliber <laughs> of player. Is he married? I don't know if he's married. I know he's got kids. He he has a 
fiance, I think. Hey, same thing. Yeah, he's gonna be here. I yeah, I, there are guys who's gonna do be that worse if he didn't. I don't think he's... no. It'd be worse if he did. I don't know. You don't think at home they're gonna be the the wife fiance gonna be like, bruh. Your job is to provide for it's this just household. as expensive like, to have three girlfriends as it is to have. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I don't. I've never had three girlfriends. Like I, I mean, God, we just jumped all the way to like next <laughs> August. But stop. Go ahead. I just, I, I would be surprised. I don't. I Welcome don't, horns. Good lord. <laughs> I don't think this situation will be as dramatic as the Des situation. One no. way or the other. You think whatever happens, he's going to go along for the most part. Yeah. Maybe. maybe say a few things in the locker room. Yeah, maybe there's the some room, maybe there's some posturing, but like I don't yeah. think there's going to be like an eleventh hour rush to get a deal done. And you know we haven't seen Demarcus all off season. I I don't think that's going to happen. I stand. I'll I'll come on here and admit that I'm wrong if I'm wrong, but I just don't see it. All right, let's go ahead and take our first break. When we come back, uh, Nick's going to catch us up on what he had to say, uh, or what Ezekiel Elliott had to say yesterday. Uh, when Nick caught up with him, it was the first time he's uh, talked since he's been back in the building to any media person. Of course, Nick gets the interview. So let's see what, uh, what Zeke had to say. We'll be right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. It can be hard to find the right resource for learning about important financial matters. You search how to build savings, you end up reading about the one weird ingredient from supermarkets that can make you taller. That's why Bank of America built BetterMoneyHabits.com, a safe little corner of the Internet for answering your financial questions. Full of simple videos and tips, Better Money Habits can show you how to make the most of your money without resorting to random searches that always seem to lead to unbelievable photos of childhood stars grown up. To learn more, visit BetterMoneyHabits.com. What does it mean to be a Dallas Cowboys fan? It means you've got the passion and the heart to do your part supporting the boys no matter what. That's why when the game's on the line, you're on your feet, whether you're at home or in the stands. Actually, you're more than a fan. You are a member of Cowboys Nation, and so is AT&T, doing their part to keep you connected to America's team all season long. AT&T is a proud member of Cowboys Nation. Ice cold Dr. Pepper and the Dallas Cowboys go way back. They belong together, like Texas in football, silver and blue, shotgun formations and Hail Marys. Having a Cowboys football party without Dr. Pepper is like having Thanksgiving without the Cowboys. Basically, we wouldn't recommend it. So next time you have a tailgate, home gate, or whatever else kind of gate, grab some ice-cold Dr. Pepper for you and your friends to enjoy. It's a Dallas Cowboys tradition. Dr. Pepper, the one you crave. To work this big land, you need equipment with values rooted as deep in Texas soil as you are. Like John Deere compact tractors with a six-year powertrain warranty and big features that help you work less so you have more time to do what you love. John Deere was first in the Texas fields, and we're proud to be on the field as the official ag and turf equipment of the Dallas Cowboys. Find Texas-sized deals at myjohndeerdealer.com slash football. Terms, conditions, exclusions, and warranty limitations apply. See dealer for details. Back to the break. Welcome back. It's the second segment of the break, live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Uh, we're talking Pro Bowl. We're talking uh, Ezekiel Elliott. Nick. Yesterday, you had a chance to catch up with Zeke. He's back in the building, and uh, Cowboys are getting him ready for this weekend's game versus the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, what do you have to say when you uh, when you had a chance to sit down with him? Well, it wasn't sit down. It just it was, was a stand, like a, quick, it was a quick yeah. drive-by. Yeah, um, and, and remember, he had already been talking with Jerry for about an hour. So, oh, they had about an hour meeting. It was it seemed like it. Yeah. I wasn't waiting for it, so it felt like a lot longer than that. Yeah, but like sitting outside the office, just waiting, like you're going to the principal's office type thing. Yeah, I mean, 
he he was fine. He he came out and 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 he said all the things that that you know you want him to say. He's uh, obviously excited about playing and excited about this game. Excited about you know I asked about you excited the fact that this, they kind of kept it afloat for you two games to go and all that. He said I just want to play football. You know I'm, I'm just excited. I mean it didn't it doesn't matter that stuff's great. I'm glad they did a good job. He said it was very nerve wracking to watch them, um, but but you know he he just seemed. I wouldn't say that he's all humbled and all that stuff. I just say he's going to try to put everything behind him. I didn't. I didn't see a totally different player, but a person. But I, I can't say that I know him that well, you know. But now, what does look a little different is his his physique a little bit. I mean, he starting to look like a pizza a little bit, like like Darren McFadden. He is or was. He kind of looks like one. He looks. Okay. He looks. You know. Oh, oh! I thought you being. I thought you were saying doughy. Like no. when you say no, pizza, no, no. like trying. Okay, pizza got slice. it. God, you got okay. Yeah, that's a big difference. Like I thought you were saying he looks kind of pizza, like doughy. You know, I'm sorry. You don't spend enough time with Nick. Like I knew exactly where. Okay. We talked about Darren McFadden was like that. He just kind of those broad shoulders and then real skinny legs. I'm not real saying skinny he, legs. He, he, Zeke doesn't have skinny Zeke doesn't have skinny legs. So this is a you know New York style pizza, but. Um, <laughs> No, but he, he he looks he looks good. He looks he's like he's ready to go. I mean, he's you know, like I said, said all the right things. We'll see today. He'll get he'll get. I would imagine he'll get grilled from the media a lot more. You know, worse than I did. Yeah, I, I expect I mean, that he's going to talk to the media today. Is that the I would think so. Wednesday, I would think so. Is that when he typically would yeah. talk? Yes. Yeah. And you know, if he's going to talk in the middle of the stuff he did last, you know, earlier this year, I think he's going to talk today. He's yeah. it's one thing about Zeke; he's a stand-up guy. Like he, he does faces, not run from he that. Faces yeah. the music, and I really believe. Ohio State helped prepare him from that. You know, it's there's not many programs that are almost like NFL teams. He's that's one of them, and he comes from it, and he kind of gets it. That's interesting you say that. I think it's the same thing. Like the offensive line, you know, it, there used to be a time offensive linemen didn't talk, mm-hmm. um, and then Travis Frederick got here, mm-hmm. and coming from a program like Wisconsin, where they got a ton of good offensive linemen, and as he said. That was their job at at Wisconsin. They were the leaders of the team, and so they talked. And I think that kind of changed that mm-hmm. group a lot because you you remember back in the day, like the there was sure. the offensive lineman would not talk. Well, it was then, hard to get them to say anything. If I mean Ohio State, sure, but Notre Dame, those guys face. Yep, I mean Zach Martin came in yeah. with the same thing. He was like, you can't put me in front of any crowd or situation that I haven't already dealt with before. Right. So yeah, and th- and that stuff's big, you know, for those linemen. That stuff's big for having, you know, playing in places like that where the crowd noise is an issue, you know, and 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 knowing how the silent, you know, counts and stuff like that. I mean, I think that Lyell obviously had to do it several times. Uh, you know, Zach Martin, Frederick, um, I guess Jonathan. I mean, I guess all those the most college players are going to play in front of loud stadiums, but but you know, when you're playing in the SEC and Big Ten and where it's you know, you get up north of ninety hundred thousand. All right, let's uh, let's go ahead and move on. Let's talk about the Seattle Seahawks, Dave. Let's oh, get yeah. a uh, scouting report wow. on the Seahawks offense. I forgot all about that. I mean, no, I like I did it, but oh. I like we just got so deep into the weeds with Demarcus Lawrence and everything. Like I forgot that you still had that, that we still up. had that segment. But yeah. you're still prepared, though, right? I'm always prepared, always. All right, hey, you know, can I can I point out something real quick? Yeah, what's up? I, I want fans just to see. The greatness of your sweat. You think that many people actually watch? I just assume they listen. Well, if they're not watching, I hope they tune in right now just to watch. But I, I love the roots, so for me, it's really cool. You know what really bummed me out is I ran into one of our salespeople in the cafeteria, and she's like, oh, what's on your sweater? Oh, it's it's a roots tacky Christmas sweater my friend bought it for me. Oh, the band from Late Night? Oh, 
is like that hurts my heart. Yeah, the band from Late. That hurts yeah, my heart. Like, I don't know what that is. The Roots. You never heard of the Roots? You like, never heard of Questlove? My like he is. They're Jimmy the Fallon's house band, but they're like one of the most legendary hip hop acts of yeah. all time. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I, I know the guys from Jimmy Jimmy Fallon. That's what that is. Got the, yeah, it's that's the, it's hard to see because I'm sitting. But yeah, but it's awesome. Yeah, it's cool. and they got Quest right in the middle. Yeah, which is yeah. awesome. No, it's cool. Um, yeah, when he goes in there and he does the little triangle stuff and he plays the kids' music, that, yeah, uh, they play with them. That's them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they had a long and distinguished <laughs> career before that, but <laughs> but now they've been reduced to just being the backup band for a late night show. That's awesome. That's good. Uh, yeah, hey, when you say Jimmy Fallon, I'm like, oh okay. They got a. They got like a, Emma Smith was it? Emma Smith. The, you mean the dancer? The dancer, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They got a. Hard. They get paid. They get a good gig playing every night. I yeah, no doubt. I, I don't. I mean, I don't begrudge them at all, but I just hate that people don't know their greatness before all that. Stuff. How I got over they weren't the great. best albums the last 10 years. They were great. Maybe not. They were great. Okay. Um anyway. All right, back to Seattle Seahawks. Long December kind of crows is a pretty good song too. It is. As <laughs> we're going to go back to that, really. <laughs> it has been a long December. <laughs> Let's talk less about the Seattle Seahawks and more about Russell Wilson cuz that's really what this It's amazing like, you know, I use Russell Wilson as an like as a comparison for Dak all the time because I think Dak could follow that type of trajectory, mm-hmm. which is interesting because Russell Wilson was surrounded by all this talent for his first few years in the league, and I'm mean, like they still have talented players. Jimmy Graham just got nominated to the Pro Bowl and all that good stuff. Doug Baldwin's a solid receiver, but like it's the Russell Wilson show out there, and all you have to do is turn on the tape uh, to to see that um, he's got. 30 he's got 3600 passing yards 30 touchdowns and 11 picks four of which have come in the last three games so i mean he's had a rough stretch here but was playing really efficiently for a while uh he's on pace for his best rushing season in four years he he ran for 800 in 2014 which is Mm. crazy to me but he's on pace for 600 rushing yards he's he's their leading rusher and their quarterback which says a lot oh yeah oh leading their team in rushing yeah like that's my point marshawn lynch was really the focal point of this offense for so long. Like they can't keep a running back in the lineup for more. It's it's Mike Davis right now, who was a fourth round pick for San Francisco from South Carolina. It was JD McKissick for a little while. It was Eddie Lacy for a little while. They Alex Collins, they didn't like him and now he's the man in Baltimore. Like uh CJ Procise. CJ right? Procise, like it's just a revolving door of running backs. Be a backs. fun game. Name all the backs since Kurt Warner. <laughs> Since Kurt Warner. The running back, Kurt Warner. Oh, oh. <laughs> That's really, huh? Yeah, yeah, taking it way back. With a yeah. C. Yeah. How about uh, John Alexander? I remember him. Oh, good. oh, uh, Thomas Rawls. He was the guy for a while. So, yeah. you know, they do what they can. That like The, the offensive line, they're just, it's, it's like uh, a rector set. Just like, uh, who can we put? Like, <laughs> they, they traded for Dwayne Brown from Houston. He's yeah. all right. Luke Jokel was. A now, he came in the middle of the season, though. Right? Yeah, he yeah. came around the midpoint. Luke Jokel, former uh, number two overall pick to Jacksonville, who they have repurposed as a guard. They got a rookie from LSU, Ethan Posick, in there. And they got a first-round pick, Jermaine Effetti, at right tackle, who's disappointing considering he's a first-round pick. And... Russell Wilson just kind of makes it. He just kind of makes it work, man. They're tw- they're twentieth in rushing offense, um, th- which they've gone against Philly, Jacksonville, and the Rams the last three weeks. Which is, I was joking with you this morning because I was watching them. I was like, I gotta go back a month 
to see him play against somebody not as good to kind of get a better idea. Cause the Cowboys defense isn't terrible, but it's not on those right. that level, you know? So I'm, what am I going to gain from watching the Rams murder Russell Wilson? They sacked him seven times. Does that, does that surprise you though? No, that defensive front is crazy. But so, you know, the Cowboys are not quite on that level. I don't think so. I got to take my expectations down a bit, but um, in spite of all of this, they get the job done. I mean, 11th in passing 13th in scoring, which isn't great, but considering how one dimensional they are most of the time, I think it's pretty good. And you watch him, it's it's like watching Dak if he was, I don't want to say more accurate, because honestly, like Russell Wilson has his issues too, because he's such a smaller quarterback. He'll he'll miss a guy or, uh, you know, he'll throw on the move and not quite connect with a guy. But I think it's watching Dak if he was quicker and a little bit more confident to throw into tight windows and throw into traffic and stuff like that, because he does the boot action stuff. He, I mean, he rolls out and there'll be a guy in his face and he'll he'll throw it while he's getting planted on the move. Uh, he's not afraid to take shots downfield at all. He does it all the time, and I can't count how many times the defense will have him dead to rights. And he either gets away and scrambles for 11 yards or chunks it to somebody who broke away from their coverage. Um, so those are that's the big thing that I see. I mean, you would say the Cowboys got pretty good pressure on Derek Carr the other night, right? All things considered, yeah, but he got away from it, right? More more often than not, I don't think they had a sack. No, they, I don't think they did, did they? And so if Derek no. if Derek Carr can do that, that worries me about Russell Wilson. Yeah, I'm. I mean, really scary. They well, could have they got they could have all the pressure in the world, and it might not be enough. So I'm thinking like you gotta you gotta gang tackle. You are the Rams that much better? I, I mean, in ter- honestly, in terms of the numbers, probably not. But in terms of the horses that they have, like Aaron Donald and Robert Quinn and Michael, just like that's the thing. Like if you watch that tape, there's like three guys that just have him corralled. Like Aaron Donald penetrates through the line. He's in his face. Russ does a loop the loop and gets away. But then Robert Quinn chases him right back into Aaron Donald. Like you got to have two, if not three guys who can all do it. And the interesting thing about Russell Wilson, that when he's trying to elude pressure, he's that guy that will give up 20 yards running backwards and still complete a pass on you, right? So you, you think you got him. You think you got him for a big loss, and then he turns it into a big gain. Uh, that's what you got to worry about with him is there's no – there's he's the only distance he won't go backwards is basically out of the end zone. Like, he will yeah. keep running backwards if he needs to in order to buy himself time. I just worry about a, a game where Demarcus Lawrence just abuses – Jermaine Effetti, but he's the only guy that gets through, and Wilson just runs to his left for six yards. Or Malik Collins or David Irving breaks through the line, and they got him, but then he spins, and there's nobody else, and so he goes and completes a pass. Like, that's what I worry about. Yep. Um, And then the other thing is Jimmy Graham, his stats don't boggle your mind. He's 53 catches for 472 yards. Touchdown machine. uh, Well, he's less than 10 yards per catch, but – Nine touchdowns, and when they get in the red zone, that's what they do. You know where it's going, and you just can't stop it. I will. They do it with all their tight ends, Luke Wilson and Nick Vanette too. Like they love to use their tight ends as mismatches, but Jimmy Graham especially because they'll do them. They'll do it from the line. They'll put him in line. They'll move him out by the numbers. Like wherever they can line him up to create a mismatch, that's what they're going to do. And he's got nine touchdowns, and that's why he's in the Pro Bowl. So we typically say Byron Jones, but like. I bet Cheeto is going to get matched up on him. I bet they're going to try. You to... You think that's a better matchup? 
I know. I, a, I know going corner is probably a better matchup from a coverage standpoint, but because he's so big and because the Cowboys' corners are relatively are smaller than the safeties, yeah. is that a better matchup in this instance for the Cowboys to go with a corner? If it's Cheeto, sure. I don't know about like Jordan Lewis or Skandrick. If he plays, that doesn't sound good to me. But yeah. I mean, but, I'm count- but Skandrick playing would be a factor there because then if you could pull him away and you could have Jordan Lewis and Skandrick back with the other wide receivers that uh, you feel better about that. Yeah. You know, they really haven't had many, many times when all of these guys have been healthy and ready to go. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that's true. I mean, I don't know when, when did Skandrick get hurt? Washington. And that's the game Cheeto was playing. Yeah, no, well. they haven't. I mean, all like six of the top or all five of the main corners haven't really been healthy together for more than about a quarter or yeah. well, game one, I guess Cheeto played most of the game, but so I think that, that luxury, I, yeah, you could put him on Jimmy Graham, and then you'd have some. But it all depending on if you've got Scandrick. Yeah, but the th- I mean, they you know these running backs don't terrify me. Mike Davis has had a good couple of weeks, and I like fantasy people are really excited about that. Like every time a Seattle running back has a good day, everybody this is this is the one Seattle found their running back. Oh, <laughs> but. Um, the, I, you know, with Sean Lee and Anthony, and Anthony Hitchens hopeful to play, I'm not. I'm I'm worried about pressuring Wilson enough to the point where he can't kill you, and then getting him down or getting him out of the play before these receivers break away from the coverage. It does also seem like, and I, I don't know speeds, but I, it seems like they've got some some wide receivers that can run a little bit too. So when yeah. he buys time, it creates opportunities for big plays downfield. Um, is that kind of what you've seen as well? Yeah, I mean, it's like they don't have that like super freak like mismatch. Rece- right. I mean, Bald, but Baldwin. The thing with Baldwin is he's been with them for so long. Like they have that pretty crafty yeah. chemistry that we talk about. Like Baldwin knows what Russ wants him to do, and then Tyler Lockett. I love his game a lot. Like he he doesn't wow you with his size or anything like that, but he's just a shifty, smart player. Uh, and then Paul Richardson. He's either a second or a third round pick out of Colorado, I think. Like, I don't know that he's ever completely lived up to the billing of where they drafted him, but he he has been starting this year, and he's fast. He's a super yeah. speedy guy. So, and then especially, like I said, with the way that Russ can extend these plays, that makes their job so much easier. So that's the thing that I worry about yep. more so than them just abusing the coverage. They don't it's have that, curse anymore. Uh, no, they do not. Curses with the Jets now. Didn't he get traded? They in the, traded in the him season, for Sheldon right? Richardson. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm. but it's the, these guys. They're that's they're all, they're all like cursed. Like they're all like that. Doug, like, Doug Baldwin. Baldwin to me is like he's like a poor man's Steve Smith. Back. That's a really good comparison. It, it, yeah, I like tough, that. tough kind of yeah, gritty. And, yeah, it's, I agree. That's a well, good. Maybe comparison. not as explosive. But maybe not, but like but he's a good receiver though. He's I receiver. he's awesome. I and like Duck Baller. I don't know. He's like in the perfect spot. Like I don't know if he would be great everywhere, but he's great there and mm-hmm. why mess with a good thing. Yeah. Um but I mean if you can't get to Wilson, anybody can get open if they've got eight seconds to do it. That's the exactly. thing for me. So I always feel like he's gonna hit the uh back judge back there. Wilson. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he goes, he'll yeah. go backwards on you. Like he'll keep and those spinning guys backwards. Wait, and some of them aren't very athletic, as we saw in the Tampa game. Yeah, some of those refs. Yeah, but no, they're not. The, wait, sorry, what were you going to say? No, no, go ahead. The thing for me, like I said, Russell Wilson does a lot of the stuff that Dak does, but he's faster and he's quicker, mm-hmm. and so that you know, let let's say he runs a boot action. 
if there's a guy right in his face, well, first of all, he can get the throw off, but he can also just beat that guy in a way that I'm not convinced Dak can always do. Like you see, an, it's a noticeable difference in speed and elusiveness between the two when you watch him. And so no play is ever dead, even if the defense defends it the right way. That's one of the things that worries me a little bit. I shouldn't even say worry. Worry is not a good word. It's one of the things that I that I watch Dak and I wish he was better at was making that one guy miss. Because I think quarterbacks have an advantage when they're in that kind of situation because the guys, first of all, it's, it's happening quick. The guy is coming at him full force. You see a lot of quarterbacks that aren't the greatest athletes be able to make a guy miss. And I don't think we see that a whole lot with Dak. Like, it doesn't seem like he has that little bit of wiggle just to make that one guy miss and take that one little jab step, and then he's kind of makes a miss and he's off. But I wish he had a little bit more of that. And I don't know if that's something you can develop, but I wish he had a little bit more of that. I was wondering about, and I don't think there's anything wrong with Dak, but I, in watching Russell Wilson, I'm like, I wonder. And there's something to be said for Dak's size because it protects him. Yeah. But I wonder if he would consider like dropping even as little as like eight to 10 pounds and working on his foot speed. Like, would it, it makes it a little, a little bit more nimble? But I mean, you lose, like I said, you lose some of that size that helps you take the beating that you take in the NFL. But if it makes you faster, I don't know. Like, that's something I'd be interested to ask him about maybe yeah. when the season's over. It's just, you know, do you think you could be more that type of player if you? put an effort toward it basically i don't know but you know i think something you're forgetting too is when when guys you know put a hand on him and all that i mean his upper body strength is so good right right that that, that's it's part of like eluding sacks is also your feet but it's also your strength up top to be i mean like ben roethlisberger you know he didn't exactly either which and you watch russell like russell wilson gets killed in basically every game he plays even when he plays well like he's getting popped when he lets go of it he's getting sacked and, you know, I think Brian wrote in his report today, he's like, he'll surprise you with how he gets up from some of this stuff. Whereas I don't worry so much about Dak. So maybe you don't want him s- but smaller. The thing you know? is, he's the same thing, though. He's sturdy, too. Like, he's built like Dak, just shorter. Like, he has that kind of thickness, I think. That I don't think he's quite as thick as Dak. You know, maybe not as thick, but I'm saying he's still, he's a built guy for a quarterback, though. Yeah, you know, he's not, he's, his, he's not a skinny guy, I he's, should put it. He's, I, I bet. Russell Wilson's probably given up three inches and 15 pounds or so to Dak. Maybe 20. Three inches? I would think maybe a little more, but maybe not. Dak's 6'2", Russ is 5'10", 5'11". Yeah, three, four inches. Either way, I mean, I think Dak is noticeably a bigger guy. Three or four in- To give up three or four inches in height and only give up 15 pounds, that still tells you he's pretty sturdy, though. Yeah. You know? But either way, I mean... He's he's impressive to watch. The one thing I will say, which is funny because the Cowboys missed on like three interception opportunities on Sunday, but like <laughs> he's not afraid to go downfield and he's not afraid to throw it into coverage. If he, I mean, he thinks he can make every throw. And it, so there's opportunities there to take advantage of if you, if you can close on them, which right. we haven't seen, but maybe. Let's take our final break. We'll come back. Let's get some questions from you guys. 214-872-2102 is the number. Again, it is 214-872-2102. We'll be right back. This is The Break. Cowboys fans know that the second best of anything simply won't cut it, and your skincare should be no different. A longtime locker room favorite of the players and the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Dallas-based Jack Black, is the number one best-selling men's skincare brand in the country because we make products that help guys look, smell, and feel better. Visit GetJackBlack.com Cowboys to get $10 off your first order of $50 or more. Jack Black, look good, smell good, feel good. Official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys. 
Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel Will McClay and, of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. I hear all this talk about what it takes to be a cowboy. Everyone's got their ideas, but I just say to myself, it's what's up top that matters. Sure, you need men with the muscle and heart to get her done, but if your scouts and coaches are listening out there, a word of advice. Pick the man with the most well-worn Stetson. That's the one most cut out to be a cowboy. Stetson hats are handmade right here in Texas and have been on cowboys' heads for over 150 years. The rest of you can visit stetson.com cowboy to find a retailer nearest you. What does it mean to be a Dallas Cowboys fan? It means you've got the passion and the heart to do your part supporting the boys no matter what. That's why when the game's on the line, you're on your feet, whether you're at home or in the stands. Actually, you're more than a fan. You are a member of Cowboys Nation, and so is AT&T, doing their part to keep you connected to America's team all season long. AT&T is a proud member of Cowboys Nation. Back to the break. Welcome back. It is the final segment of the break live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Nick, what you got? Well, I've got Tommy John is underwear, which is the best underwear you're going to have. It's the best underwear in your drawer. I don't know if it'll be the only one you've got cuz should be. It should be, but it might take some time to get there. It's uh I wouldn't say it's overly priced, but it's it's uh, worth it because it is the best, and sometimes you have to pay for the best. So TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys. You get 20% off your first order, and it's definitely the best underwear you're ever going to have. So you're going to be excited when you put it on. Makes a really great and Christmas maybe when you gift. take it off. Maybe if you're just ready to take a shower and go to bed or whatever. Um, <laughs> okay. Right? Okay. Yeah. But a really great Christmas gift if you haven't uh, purchased that Christmas gift for and, a man in your life. I guess that's a good good idea well i i would i would like to think based off the people that are you know listen to our show i would think it's probably better to say hey when, when they say honey what do you want for christmas you say oh give me some tommy john underwear go listen to the break they'll tell you all about yeah. it great idea off your first order drive our numbers i like that all right let's get back to it let's get some questions the numbers two one four six i'm sorry oh gosh uh two one four eight seven two twenty one oh two i was about to give my mobile number uh, <laughs> yes two one four eight seven two twenty one oh two is the number give us a call we'll uh we'd love to hear from you and also you can just on twitter at cowboys break let's take a call first from rob in vegas rob what up hey everybody hey, how you doing i just want to wish you guys a uh, merry christmas thank you you too you too and uh Hopefully, uh, we'll get a win, or it won't be as nice. Hmm. Uh, looking at uh, with Zeke coming back, a couple of things. Do you think they're going to use him out of the backfield like they started to use Smith? That little swing pass against the Raiders I w- was really effective, and I like to see Dak check it down now to Zeke. I think uh, obviously he'd be you know better at it. I think Cole Beasley's the guy that's really got to get back on track, and uh, I think Zeke's going to help him the most. He's got to, we, we got to start working the middle of the field with him. I think defenses, you know, they, they're, they're anticipating that five-yard out, either to the left or the right. And yeah. uh, what do you guys think about spying Russell Wilson with Byron Jones? If Skandrick's coming back, you know, not, not all the time, but, uh, you know, 
with Cheeto now and, and Jordan Lewis scared, you could bring Byron Jones out and have him spy Russell Wilson. Because that's the only thing that fears me in this game is, like uh, Dave was saying, this guy just runs around and holds the ball for 10 seconds and makes a play. All right. Thanks for the call. Outside the box thinking. I don't know if they do it, but I'm intrigued. Here's one thing I'll say about spying. I think with a guy like Russell Wilson, if you're spying, you can't be the traditional stay back and just kind of kind of go where he goes. I think you got to be way more aggressive than that, and you got to force the issue and make him make a decision quick, make him do something, and then try to corral him. Because if you just stay back, I think because you talked about it earlier, him being so quick and so elusive, I think if you're just staying back, before you know it, he takes off, and I don't know that Byron Speed necessarily has the speed to catch up to him in those situations. They ain't doing that. Yeah. I mean, and, and I'm not saying it's not a good idea every once in a while, but the the, the Cowboys defense, the the scheme that they don't they don't do that. They don't even like to travel players uh, corners with with other receivers. And this one, to me, when you when you're spying, especially spying a safety, you're bringing a guy down here. Um, that means you're going to probably put some other guys back there, whether it be Heath or Xavier Woods. But I think that's throwing off what they do so much that I don't think they would do that, I, attempt to do that. That's how something Rob Ryan defense does in midweek, something just totally you know, weird. But you know, you're, now you're playing chess with, with Russell Wilson when you do that, and I think he's better than that. I just don't think the Cowboys – uh, defensive coaches would do something. Yeah, I mean that doesn't sound like Rod Marinelli. They're, I mean, they want to do what they want to do at the highest possible. But the the positive capacity. part of that is is you're getting. I mean, you're trying to find like what Byron Jones can do well. Like, I, and I mean, I don't mean to sound you know bad about that, but you, he hasn't really found something that that you're like this is a great role for him. Maybe covering tight ends is pretty good. But I don't know, chasing the quarterback around. I just maybe he just, it, it doesn't seem like safety is is it for him. Corner doesn't seem like that would be. I it, there's some kind of in between. I don't know what it is. Mm, what would that be? I don't know. I mean, nickel corner, nickel. That's but a, a dime back, dime they, back, a high caliber Xavier, dime back. Xavier. I mean, is that what I just. I, I don't know. It's it's just one of those things where you see it a lot in the NBA. You draft a guy, and he's just not that good for the money. And then he goes somewhere else, and he plays five, seven more years over there in a more reduced role, but it's better for his contract. It's better for his role. Yeah. And I think that's what's going to happen with Byron Jones. I just don't think he's ever going to live up to first-round expectations because they just don't know where to play him. He's so much of a tweener. He He just doesn't have the body type to take on some of these hits. He did make a nice tackle on Marshawn Lynch the other day that I was pretty impressed with. Um, he had a great play in coverage, too. Um, on Jared Cook, I think. I don't remember that. He, a lot of crazy things, things like he knocked the ball yeah, out. Yeah, he had a, a breakup. I mean, he's he's good for a, a couple of good plays every week. He's good for yeah. some breakdowns every week, too. I mean, it's... I just don't know where he can be like a star. No, that's what ne- neither do I. Yeah, I, I agree. Know. It was a first-round pick, and you want him you to want get to that, that level. Yeah, But they got a couple guys like that. I don't know if Taco's ever going to be a star. Still early on Taco. Still early. Right? And I do I do think that was the best game he, he he's played. And, and he got really close to getting a sack, and the Cowboys should be very happy he didn't. Because if he would have tackled Derek Carr at the very oh, end of the game. They get another play. Timeout, another play, and, a and then goal. a field goal. Yeah. yeah. And... That you know doesn't happen over there. All right, let's get a uh, let's get a call from Gene in Philly. Gene, what up? Merry Christmas, guys. You too. Shout Merry Christmas, to you too. 
shout out to Dave. Um, Dave, you do an outstanding job with the offense and defense, scouting it every week. Thank I you. Feel so informed after you get done. So thank you. Keep up the good work. Made my day. We appreciate my that, Mrs. Is, Hellman. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my question is, um, I called in yesterday to one of the other shows, and um, I asked, how do five receivers all of a sudden can't run a route, can't catch a ball, and, you know, what I'm hearing is, well, Zeke's going to come back, and all of this is going to get fixed. And I just can't quite put it all together. I mean, some of this has to fall on the inexperienced quarterback because these five receivers – did play with Tony Romo, and we didn't see that stuff. Now, I am a Romo fan, but I, I understand Dak's the future. So I'll hang up and listen to what you have to say. All right, thanks for the call. You know, it, how many times have we had that same discussion, like just among ourselves, where I'm just like, they didn't all five forget how to play football, over the, and not even over the course of 2017, because they were all good in camp, and the preseason for that matter. So they didn't all forget how to play football between like late August and mid September. Like it just didn't happen. And they it, but were is good, it possible? They were good before Zeke went out too. So yeah. it's not like it's just Tony. Well, they Dak, were they were good with Dak. They were good with Dak, and the receivers had their struggles when Zeke was on this team as well. Like this has been a season long problem. And I think to your point, it, I mean it all ties together. Like Dak is not blameless in this, and the receivers aren't either. It's it's it's. Nobody has been on the same page for most of this season. And isn't it quite possible that just the absence of Zeke, it basically unmasks some of the problems that that existed before that you didn't have to worry about as much because of the fact that teams did have to pay a a special amount of attention to Zeke. Would you not agree, though, that this passing game had plenty of warts when Zeke was here and doing his thing? Yes, but I also think that was also part of them getting this offense going. They had some issues early in the season just as an offense, really as a team. But by the time before Zeke left, I mean, it seemed like this offense was starting to click, right? It was... But I still think you saw some of the – I mean, you know, Dez has had his issues with drops throughout most yeah. of the year. Even when in that three-game winning streak before Zeke got suspended, Beasley had his moments, but he, he wasn't having those – he wasn't having games that were, like, as you know great as the ones that he played last year, just whether that's what the coverage dictated. I think that's part of it, too, is, you know, some of your guys – that were more complimentary last year, defenses are focusing on them in a way that they weren't. I mean, right. I don't think anybody was worried about Cole Beasley going into last season. And I think this year it was like, where's 11? We got, hey, third we're down. Let him do it. Yeah. We're looking for 11. And uh, you got to adapt to that. And it's even harder when you don't have Zeke. And, there you go. and it's even, you know, and Dak has had his struggles. It's even harder when you're not playing your A game at quarterback. It's, it's about seven things that I think all roll into one. But I will say this. I don't think, and I don't know if this is the same as what was happening last year or any other year, uh, but I don't think there's a there's a whole bunch of games this year where I think the receivers are not open. And and that's going to require a quarterback that understands where you, can, where you have to place the ball and then have the accuracy to place it there. Because if you've got – that doesn't mean they can't catch passes, even contested passes. It just means that the quarterback now has to be even more accurate – with his throws in order to put it in a place where they can make a contested. Case. And this is very similar to what Seattle's been dealing with for years. And Russell Wilson's trying to figure that out. He hasn't had dynamic receivers, set some guys that will go up and make some plays for him. But for the most part, they don't they really run away from anyone and they don't get open a lot. 
but they still find a way to, to move the ball because he is accurate now. He wasn't that that quarterback when he first started, and that's what Dak's got to figure out, that whole, you know, this is open in the NFL and and that. But but I think I think the receivers are average at best, and I think that they need some more dynamic players over there that can kind of help. And I also do kind of feel like, at least to me it feels like, um, this offense operates on we're just better than you. We don't necessarily have to scheme our guys open. And I think they could, for especially for a guy like Cole Beasley, I think if they did things, they could create opportunities to get him more open space situations, uh, whether that's using rubs and, and, and even picks. I mean, there are a lot of teams. I know it's illegal. There are a ton of teams out there that use them. And it's I, only I illegal think if you get caught. Right, as DeMarcus said about, about holding, right? Um, so I, I just think that there are times when, especially when Zeke was out, I think they could have done a little bit more to get there to to make opportunities for their receivers to get open and make the easier throw for your quarterback. And that go, I mean, that's the you could go back and forth forever about are you staying true to your identity or are you being stubborn? Right. And I think both of those things are at play. And I think the one thing that we've learned is this guy twenty one here gives you a hell of a margin for error. Just yes. he makes everything easier for everybody. And is he a diaper? <laughs> I yes. yeah. Has he reached diaper it's, status? Although I mean, we need to give a diaper award every year. The diaper award for the Cowboys. Who's the diaper every? Year? I, I I I'm hesitant with that because that implies that the offense is just atrocious without him. And I don't think that's a hundred percent. No, it's just stinky. <laughs> but I, I mean, I don't. You know, right? Smith might be the diaper. It's, yeah, exactly. I mean. We're going to do that. In the season, we're going to do a diaper award. That'll be fun. I don't know. Nick and I are. Sean Lee? Yeah, no, that's your that's diaper. That's a good point. That's your diaper right that's there. That's a good point. Nick and I argued in August about who was the best player on the offense, and he said Zeke, and I said Tyron, and they didn't have either one of them for two two games. And, they, <laughs> and it, it was pretty bad in Atlanta. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> woof. It is pretty bad. All right, let's get a question from Twitter. So some people say that usually the team with the better quarterback is the one to win. In this case, in this matchup, would you rather have such a quarterback? Because I think we all agree that Russell Wilson is better than Dak at this moment. Would you rather have the better quarterback or a good running back like Mr. Seek? Well, I think I think the, the difference between Russell Wilson and Dak is not as great as the difference between Zeke and Mike Davis or whatever they've got yeah. going over there. And you could say the same about the offensive line. So... They can have Russell Wilson. I'll take I'll take Dak. If you're going to tell me you're going to put Russell Wilson on this team with this offensive line, now maybe I think it's maybe a question worth having. But if you're talking about putting just, you know, he's got the same offensive line as over there, no, I'd, I'd much rather have the running back with that this offensive line. That is a really tough call because – if we're if we're just going blind and you're like team A team B and I don't cover the Cowboys and I'm just thinking about it, give me the quarterback every day. Give me the MVP candidate who's going to give me a chance no matter what. But when I look at it and I think about these teams, and let's assume for a second Tyron can play. I don't know if he can, but let's just assume he can for the yeah. purposes of this. And you're saying left all pros across the line. All pro running back right. and, a, and a quarterback who's been to a Pro Bowl. I know yeah. this this hasn't been the most amazing. Who's good? He's not a bad quarterback, but he right? has played at a level that is Pro Bowl worthy in yeah. his career. I'm taking that. Right, give me that. Exactly. But it's re- like it goes against my sensibilities because in in this league, I really think you always go with the quarterback. Yeah, but. I think there's a very compelling argument to be made for the Cowboys' offense. So, but let's take it that way. Let's let's say you get to keep the offensive line. 
Like, let's say all you're going to do is the Cowboys and the Seahawks are going to trade their quarterback and running back. Choose whichever running back you want from from Seattle. And you're going to put it behind this offensive line. Which way do you go? Do you take their quarterback and running back or you take the Cowboys quarterback and running back and put it with that offensive line? That's no, no, there's only I honestly. okay, would you do that with Tom Brady? Tom Brady and I would, Rex do, that with Aaron, I would do that with Aaron Rodgers. Tom Brady, That's what I'm saying, no question about it. I, Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones. Yeah, I would take that in a, in a heartbeat. I'm, but that's because he is a – to me, he is the best quarterback in the – I know Tom Brady, but yeah. I think Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in the NFL. Maybe it's because I've seen what he's done to the Cowboys but so many did, times. But, Zeke. but did we not, you and I, just say, like, Russell Wilson is rapidly climbing into that category? Yeah, but he's not there like, yet. He's not Aaron Rodgers yet. He's not, but he's, he's approaching the elite status. Maybe he's already there in the elite status. But he's, not, but he's not Aaron Rodgers. I'm, and that's the difference. Like, I don't know if I would do that trade with – Tom Brady, but with Aaron Rodgers, I would. You know, I don't know if I would do it with Drew Brees, but with Aaron Rodgers, I would. Either I'm, we don't have to make this trade, so it's a moot point anyway. Right, it is. But I mean, it's hard for me to go against Russell Wilson, but when you factor in all the talent on this offense with Zeke back in it, I mean, yeah. I'm I'm okay with that. Right. You know, like it's I don't view it as this dis- vast discrepancy. Right. I, th- I mean, I think that Zeke and Aaron Rodgers and. Should be up there for the MVP voting this year. They won't be because that's not the way that the award goes. But you know, you're not going to find more valuable players than than those guys. And there so. aren't any MVP candidates left at this point. Like, I mean, I'm serious. Yeah. It's going to be uh, Russell Wilson. Ironically, we're giving him so much praise right now. He's playing his way out of it. They're on. I mean, they're but two game losing. But I think streak. for a guy like Wentz, he should still be in that conversation. Well, Pittsburgh- and mainly because. He got his team to the point where they'd wrapped up a lot of stuff before they're he went out. They're not losing, though. They're not losing. If Pittsburgh loses the last two games of the season, I think you give it to Antonio Brown. I'll make a bet with you all right now that it's Brady's award to lose. Like, he's going to win it by default because there's nobody else. See, I think people it. like Brady get docked in people's minds. Like, they're like, oh, okay, yeah, we've done that before. Like, I think I think people not I golden think people boy have Tom, a way. though. Not golden boy but, Tom. But I would say this. He probably deserves to have won MVP more times than he's won it. Probably. Yeah. And that's my point. Like, I think when you're that great, I think it's hard. It's like Michael Jordan in basketball. Like, yeah. he probably should have been the MVP every single year he played. But it doesn't work like that. People kind of find they want to do something different. Same huh? with LeBron. Voters are just so boring. Not a better player than LeBron. Voters are just so boring, though. Like, rather than mm-hmm. be like, Let's step outside the box and vote for this incredible right. wide receiver. No, but they're just going to be like, who's the best quarterback who helped this team get to – okay, Tom Brady, cool. There's no – I mean, Wentz got hurt. Uh, Russell Wilson, like I said, his play has dipped over the last three or four weeks. Like, I bet it's Tom Brady. Maybe so. Todd just because everybody else is kind of, like you said, is out of – but I think Breeze has to be considering that, and he's still going along. Todd Gurley needs to be considered. He absolutely should be considered. Playing really well. All, I agree with everything you're saying, but I bet Tom Brady Probably wins. Not. Yeah, We'll see. All right, we appreciate you guys joining us. We are back. Oh, on, wow, we're done. Yeah, we're back tomorrow, yeah. 9.30 a.m. We'll give you a little bit of a scouting report on the Seattle defense. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com. Radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!